The engineering team behind Amazon Prime Video has released a blog detailing how they moved uh, one monitoring service that detects, you know, uh, freezing frames and clicks and audio in the live streaming portion in the Prime Video app. And they moved that piece of the architecture from serverless and microservices to a monolith and they saved 90% of the cost and they were able to scale better. How about we read this article and then discuss? Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcast. With that said, let's get on on the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So this comes from Prime Video Tech, right? Uh, written by Marcin Kolny. Scaling up the Prime Video audio video monitoring service and reducing cost by 90%. The move from distributed microservices architecture to a monolith application helped achieve higher scale resilience and reduce cost. So yeah, so how did they actually move from microservices to monolith and how did that happen? Let's discuss this. Uh, I gotta warn you guys, uh, this article is not very detailed, unfortunately, right? Th there is a lot of missing things here. Uh, this article could have been great. It's it's just okay, to be honest, right? That's that's one one thing out of the way. And, and the reason is because there's so much background information that we have no idea about. The diagrams is, is not really well uh, designed, in my opinion. And the, the 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 text doesn't explain the architecture well. It's just it's just a bunch of boxes, and they talk to each other, and we have no idea what the use case is, what's the workflow, like what is what am I doing here as a customer? The, all of these things are missing, right? Maybe they are explained in, in other places. I looked in other articles; it's not there. But I'll try, based on my understanding, to actually explain what I think is happening, right? Of course, I might be wrong, right? but let's get it. Prime Video, a Prime Amazon Prime. If you don't know, this is a service you pay what one twenty dollar a year. You get so many stuff like two day delivery from Amazon, Prime Video, Prime Music, so much services, right? So you can also subscribe with Twitch, you know, to support your creators. Prime is something almost all you know people in the U.S. have. 
even even outside as well so prime is a very popular concept right so a prime video we offer thousands of live streams to our customers live streams here has nothing to do with twitch by the way this is their own new thing apparently that you know to live stream sporting events you know and having you watch it on this app that's called prime video so don't confuse that with Twitch. I don't think it has anything to do with Twitch because I, I first like live streaming. Isn't that Twitch? Because Twitch is owned by Amazon. So that's why it first went, but nothing to do with Twitch. They're, they're apparently working. And from them, these articles that you see on the side, it's like always like this streaming thing. They're trying to pop, promote it because that's their, you know, the, the better version of Twitch, if you will. The actual high quality streaming, and they are spending good money when it comes to here, right? That's all I notice. So to ensure that customers seemingly, seeming, seamlessly receive content. So if I'm if I'm a prime paying customer, unlike Twitch, which is free, anyone can go go and watch it. You know, this is actually payment. So if you're paying something, it better be good. So they are spending. They have an architecture to detect. Right, so just to summarize this article, uh, maybe let's do that. Like, yeah, they have an they have an architecture to monitor and detect the experience of the user. Right? So, because if the experience of the user on a on a PS Five watching a live stream versus on an iPhone versus on an Xbox versus on an Android phone is all different, and the reason is because the device does the decoding, I suppose, of the video and the audio. And, and it takes these packets and there's a client-side logic that executes and does more work. And it could be there is, there is a bug in the decoder or the encoder that, that shows you this uh, freeze, you know, frames or, or something, it clicks in the audio. So there's a bug there in the client app and Amazon wants to detect those bugs in the client apps. That's my understanding. There's also, of course, it could be, the encoder that the data you receive based on what whatever streaming platform you are in whether it's good better quality like the low that's thing that's how they categorize it good better or best something like that that's how they categorize it so based on those streaming qualities and bit rates they they could have problems in those as well in the source themselves so i don't know if that is being uh, detected by this right but in general maybe both actually so if if i am actually monitoring my device what what i think this tool does what i think because they don't say that the client application actually once it decodes that and i see it right there is an option where you can set up monitoring I didn't see it in my app here, but maybe there is a place that I didn't see. Look, when you enable this monitoring thing, it will re-upload the stream or part of the stream that you just watched back to Amazon as as it is as you decoded it. So it's as how you watched it is Amazon will see it. That's the only way that you can actually ensure that whatever the user seen is uploaded back, right? Because the client's doing more work. So this uploading thing back to this architecture that we're going to discuss, then goes into the steps 
that we're gonna that that they are optimizing it goes into a microservice architecture there's a media conversion it converts the stream that the user just uploaded the the application that just uploaded to a bunch of frames right which is images and the audio is converted into certain buffers certain you know uh uh, uh, bytes and those are fed into something called the detector service another microservice how we're going to talk about that and then once the detector will use machine learning based on training data that says okay oh i detect these these frames are actually frozen and these audios are actually clicking so it will once it detects something it will issue uh, a notification to a service and it will write down that okay this portion this frame is bad this portion this frame is is not good right and we'll detect those so that's how monitoring works so now that we understand that let's continue on reading and discussing the distributed architecture of that that i want to just explain versus the monolith version right let's go ahead our video quality team at prime video already owned a tool for audio video quality inspection Right? So a quality inspection, we're inspecting the quality, but we never intended it nor designed it to run at high scale, which is understandable. When you first design something, they never thought about it, you know, it's to, to actually serve thousands of concurrent streams, right? Thousands of concurrent streams. I and mean, we're talking about, are we, and here's what, what I, another thing I didn't understand. What is concurrent streams, right? We're monitoring concurrent streams back from the customers, right? The customers watching something, right? And it's downloading it. Then it turns around and upload that part of the stream to the to the service. And the reason I'm saying this is because that's exactly what the diagram is showing, right? The diagram is actually showing the user, the customer is actually uploading something. It's not a direct and the reason is the cust you want the customer to upload which makes also more more sense is because the the decoding happening at the device and and if there's a bug in the client application you want to detect that after the decoding so whatever so i have no idea how much bandwidth that takes when it comes to the upload again guys i might be way off here but again this article is not details enough so i have no idea like if I'm, if I'm saying is actually correct or not but yeah so these concurrent streams are being monitored while onboarding more streams to the service we noticed that running the infrastructure was high scale was very expensive so they, they the more streams they start to onboard i suppose the more customers they're starting to monitor their experience that's my guess at least uh, that's where they saw the bottlenecks. The initial version they did was uh, a service consisted of distributed components that were orchestrated by step functions, AWS step function, which is, I think this is their Lambda. The two expensive operations were the orchestration workflow and the data passed between, uh, and when the data passed between distributed comp components. Because now you're, you're having these de decoded frames and you're passing it around between microservices, of course, it's going to be slow, right? To address this, we moved all components to a single process to keep the data transfer within the process memory, right? which also simplified the orchestration logic because we compiled all operations into a single process. So that's what they did. They moved everything from microservices down to a single process. And once you do that, all the single process have is the heap memory, right? So you can store these frames into the heap and 
uh, just access them. Doesn't get any faster, right? Distributed system overhead. So here's where we go into the details. One, our service consists of three major components. Three major components. The media converter converts input audio video streams to frames or decrypted audio buffers that are sent to detectors. So that's the first thing, media converter. How the media converter got the data, they don't explain, but their but their but their diagram does. Their diagram has this customer, which is a very bad name to to label something. Why did you call it? It should be called the client application. Right? It's just to me the cust if you say customer it, I don't know, it's not clear to me like what is this? You have to be the client app, the prime video client app, right? I don't know. Might be I might be like over exaggerating here but but see you see the arrow audio video stream where is the arrow going arrow is going from the customer to the media conversion service like if you're watching something you're gonna watch it from the source down right so the the customer is actually consuming the stream but here the customer is actually uploading something and that's where they something they never mention here there is a monitoring concept here. And I think the app itself has this feature where you can opt in maybe in the app on any platform to monitor your stream, the quality of your stream. And if that happens, you the app will periodically probably sample your stream and upload. Of course, not going to upload everything. Hope not. <laughs> right back to the media conversion service that we just talked about. This media conversion service will take that raw stream. It's not really raw. It's the converted stream on your app. It's as if it's whatever you saw. And again, anything I say here is just my assumption because it's not it's not it's not uh, stated in the article. And right? so anything I say here is just my assumption, and I could be wrong. So now the stream is received by this media service. It's being converted into the frames and the audio decrypted audio buffers. Now what they said is like now they are sent to the detectors how do they the, they are sent to the detectors to send it to the detectors they are actually writing it to an s3 bucket why and the reason is because there is another process that the customer effect essentially triggered to say okay start monitoring now there's this arrow that is not labeled here but i think from the other from the other diagram i kind of deduce it's called start analysis i think that's what it is so they there is a thing that's called okay start analysis which calls this lambda function which then starts the conversion because when when you upload when the customer uploads this it doesn't really start the conversion it just stores it locally apparently here and then this arrow this explicit client app actually says okay now let's convert i don't know why it's like that right now it's gonna convert this and then we'll store it the moment we store it, this this is now that's the orchestration part it's like okay well, now it's, you go go ahead and convert now let's wait oh did you did you convert like it has to be you, you the media conversion has to send back something and it's not it's not in the diagram of course right so it's like, okay, I'm acknowledging, I just did the conversion. Or maybe this is done asynchronously, right? Once it's done, 
the lambda will now code says, okay hey detector go read from the s3 bucket uh, whatever the media conversion wrote these frames and these uh, decrypted buffers the audio buffers and then run your beautiful machine ai thingy right and let's just do the thing and once you have the results go and write it to the notification service now who's going to read the notification service probably the customer but as a customer why do i care to see that that my f f f uh, my frame uh, froze it's like i want you guys to fix it not like this so this notification is like for for amazon not for me as a customer so i don't i don't understand why it's called amazon it's in its customers real time notification topic i don't care if your frame froze right i saw it freezing i know it's freezing so why would you tell me i don't know the whole thing is just i don't know there's so much missing thing and maybe i'm missing one component that will make everything make sense but part of this doesn't and there is of course there is another uh, result aggregation uh, function that collects this and writes this aggregation to another s3 bucket and if you if you want to learn more uh there's another article describing this machine learning thing it's right here so now they they, they talk about the problems we design our initials this uh, solution as a distributed system using serverless right and the whole thing is almost all of this uh, serverless it's, except this media service conversion they didn't say what that is yeah? However, the way we use the sum components causes to hit a hard scaling limit at 5% of the expected load. So they couldn't scale past that. They just hit that. So, of course, there is a there is a bottleneck here, right? The main scaling bottleneck in this architecture was the orchestration management that was implemented using AWS function. Right? Because this this thing, like, okay, start conversion, and then customers trigger this, and then now you go read this, and now you do that, and now you aggregate. That's the orchestration. That's the expensive part. Because right? there's always a delay. Like, when do you know when to actually orchestrate? Like, do you do it synchronously? Do you, do you have a timer? Do you do it asynchronously? It's just interesting. Our service performed multiple state transitions for every second of stream. That I, that I didn't understand exactly what. Like, what is the state transitions? Maybe it's an AWS thing that I don't know about. So we, um, we quickly reached our account limit. Beside that, AWS function charges users per state transitions. It's like... Ooh. Here's the third thing. Why are you charging me for something you're responsible for, with? I don't know, guys. I still don't know what the heck is this. It's like, why? Why would I care? It's like, it's like you, you're responsible for Prime Video, not me. Why are you charging me for your serverless? Like, charges user? I think it's just the, the way it's written is just, it's, it's, it's weird. It's just the way it's written. It's like, it's like an engineer actually writing and and we're treating us like users you know it's not it's not written as a as a product Does that makes sense it's written as an actual engineer uh, trying to explain the problem although the the engineering piece is, is actually belong to them does it make sense the co the second cost problem what we discovered was about the way we were passing video frames images around the different components to reduce computationally expensive video conversion jobs, 
we built a microservice that splits videos into frame and temporarily upload images to uh, this S3, right? That's, that's the way they did. And the reason is uh, they don't, they want to reduce the conversion jobs, right? So they, they convert it once and then distribute images and instead of having, and that's, that's this service, the media conversion. And instead of passing the audio stream directly to this, because it's going to be expensive for the compute unit to actually convert and analyze as opposed to, so that, that, that kind of makes sense. I, I'm with them on this. It's a good idea to convert it. It's not a good idea to put the output in an S3 bucket, to my, in my opinion. They could have at least, instead of writing that to us S3 bucket and then reading it, it's like a, you're incurring the cost of a write. You're incurring the cost of a network, right? Bandwidth, because that's not in the same machine, right? And then you're incurring another cost to a write, and that's another I.O. Then there is another cost of the network. So why all this stuff? And there is, these, are, these frames are not small. They are huge, right? So even if you like have, let's say this is HTTP, and you're gonna have HTTP two compression, right? So GZIP or whatever, then 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 still these are really large things. You're downloading and uploading and downloading and uploading. So they hit their limit even in this three. It always like it is odd the way they're talking about this. Like they own the product, but they're talking about S three and Amazon as if it's like something else. Does that make sense? It's just odd. I know, I know. Yeah, so uh, what What else? What else? So one thing, just, just look at this diagram. Like, forget about the monolith. You could have eliminated this by just having the media conversion talk directly to the S3, to the, to the detector. Like, have a serverless function that takes the frames as an input. So have the media conversion. Once it's upload, both immediately... Uh, go ahead and upload this way you can kill technically you can kill the start conversion and you can kill this orchestration altogether you don't need orchestration because once the video is uploaded the media conversion will have the result and it will uh, buffer it in memory and then once it have it it will upload it to the to call this uh, serverless uh, lambda function and says hey here's the frames go and detect them right and this will just scale, right? Because it's just a scalable function. So this way you don't even need the S3. So I don't know why they didn't do it this way, for example. That's just one way to do it, I suppose. Okay. So it was expensive to write to S3, right? Again, I speak here now like an armchair architect, of course, right? But I am not in the in the midst of this. There is so much missing things here. So you, we have no idea what's behind this. Could be a way more complex process that doesn't allow the, what I just mentioned here, but okay, okay. They said okay, uh, microservice is bad. Uh, just, just bleh. more. Give me monolith, please. Give me beautiful monolith. Yeah. So what they said, okay, to address the bottleneck, they said, all right, let's fix everything. Let's put everything. They made the bold decision to to rearchitect. What they did, they basically. Everything is the same, right? It's just they put everything in a single process. So they're still talking to this orchestration layer, which I still think it's unnecessary, to be honest. Right? But they have this orchestration. So it's okay, now let's go ahead and start analysis. But still, see, the, the user still uploads the stream from their client app to this media conversion. 
like there's so there is an endpoint here that allows you to upload stuff and this ECS task what's the difference between an ECS VM and an ECS task is those two different thing I don't know maybe they are but that that whole thing is just one beautiful process right and these are the components so they put everything in the same thing so now when when you call start analysis it will call start conversion and then it will convert everything that has been uploaded by the user so start conversion and then upload the new buffers uploading it somewhere here new audio buffer why is it going back to the orchestration i think that's oh i know so that what is the dotted line i suppose the dotting line is the content that's what i understand seems like right and this solid lines are the response and requests it's okay hey i have a new buffer see for example why you guys you didn't do this why is it not here why is it not complete that is so sloppy i'm sorry it's so sloppy it's like I, yeah this is amazon tech we're talking about this is amazon you gotta produce some good piece of content guys this is not acceptable right so yeah if you did then there's like so i called it i saw it's like oh, there, there must be something coming back here as an acknowledgement here they show it right okay let's go now new audio video boom good and now the orchestration here the next step kicks in says all right now let's analyze what we have but but what did the media conversion did they also write in memory it wrote these frames and the decrypted audio in memory beautiful because in memory it's a it's in this process heap right so this is assuming this is just a single process even it has it, it can be a different process that's fine but then this instant memory could, could be a shared memory pool right and then multiple processes can access that that's fine it still is fast right so in that case that whether the detection is a different process or not it doesn't matter it's still the whole thing is in the single machine so we still have access to the memory direct hot memory access right and we don't care about persistent so if we lose this if we crash who cares we don't care about durability right like this is their this is not one of their goals to like okay oh i crashed sure we lose it and that's fine i think right because it, it's fine to lose the work for it's a monitoring service it's not like a serious thing that you need to persist right so that's fine if you do it in uh, ephemerally so yeah we have this detector one detector two right and then then detection goes off and then we write the detection results and then uh, notify people and then still we're writing the aggregation final output to an s3 bucket cool so conceptually the high level architecture rem remained the same they, they didn't change that's why they they wanted to keep the orchestration just because they do they want to they don't want to change the code a lot because the orchestration is still there, they, they just change the how the orchestration is talking to each other by making it local calls effectively, right? And then, uh, if the, so all the components are still there. In the initial design we could scale several detectors horizontally, right? Why? Because it's just it's another uh, serverless function, right? As each of them are in separate microservice, right? And they can just spin up. Here they cannot, right? Because, well. I can argue that you still can, 
if you do the detection as a, as a different process, you can. But the problem is like you're limited by the compute power on that thing, right? Which is still, I guess that's fine as well, right? Like, then they 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 the problem is that now they that box is reaching its limit, right? Let's say you spin up even one or multiple process. I think that's what they're doing. They're spinning up multiple processes, which is each detector is a process or a thread, whatever. But then the so yeah, that's what they're doing, right? So so each detector I think is its own process. That I wish they talked about this. Ya Rabbi, ya Rabbi. I really I wish I, I wish I wish I wish that these details are explained. This this block could have been great, but it's just okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like why don't you explain that? Oh, we now every detector is now a process, or every detector is a thread. Why not? Why not? So, okay, whatever, whatever. Okay, I, I apologize, but sometimes like these things, it hurts my heart because this is a really good piece of work they put there. But the blog doesn't do it as justice. I think it really doesn't do it as justice. Um. Anyway, anyway, in the initial designs, we could scale several detectors horizontally as each of them is an, okay. We talked about that. So what did you guys do? Yeah. Uh, however, in our approach, the number of detectors only scale vertically because they all run on the same instance. Vertically. Because yeah. that's just the same instance. I, I suppose these detectors are processes in this case. Our team regular regularly add more detectors to the service, and we already exceeded the capacity of the single instance. Again, they don't explain what the detectors is. I'm assuming it's a processes. Uh, to overcome this problem, we cloned the service multiple times parameterizing each copy with a different subset of detectors. So it's a very simple thing. The whole ECS cluster now its own thing. So there is an ECS machine with everything, right? I think so, right? At least, right? Part of the things has been cloned, right? As a group. So it's still, everything is talking to each other. It's just they added another layer on top uh to to orchestrate to for to load balance the okay, forward request to to uh, to forward the request so think of these box these clusters is this whole thing right is that that orange box everything now become there and now if you you just horizontally scale that so now this, here is where microservices win in that particular case uh they they effectively did macro services if you will right macro not micro macro services just grouped everything and that's the perfect solution for this right in that particular case because all of these things that tightly talk to each other let's put them in one monolith right that makes sense because these guys talk to each other there's no point to separate them right if they are if they are very coupled you need to put put them together or somehow destroy the coupling if you can. So there's a two detectors here. There's three detectors in this case, right? And then uh, they just uh, you load balance the whole thing. Okay. Before I forget and go go through the final piece, uh, I think here's what I think will break in the future. Currently, there is only one consumer, if you will for these uh, converted frames and these are the these detectors right uh i think 
if there is another set of detectors that need to be added, uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't know how they're going to do that. The only place where this detector should live is in this big monolith. And that's the cost that they will have to incur, right? That's where Kafka and, 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 and other, you know, pop subsystems come in handy, right? Unfortunately, that's, that's what will happen in that particular case, where that media conversion, if there will be more consumers for these decrypted audio and these frame images other than the detector then it will it will be interesting because they have to put these detectors these new detector types will have to be lived in this whole cluster and the only way to scale is to scale the whole thing right although the media conversion doesn't need it to be scale you had to scale it. You had to incur the cost of putting it in a cluster, putting it in the process. That is the selling point of microservices in that particular case. Uh, we, where we see these, these two components, right? What they did is like, initially, they, that's what they thought about. So, okay, media conversion, uh, put in a, um, its own microservice, this thing put in another microservice. But then if one scales more than the other, Let's say the media conversion is not much, right? Or I want to scale the media conversion service more versus the detection service. Uh, you don't get a choice. You have to scale them both. And that might be fine. Right? And that might be fine. It's just in the future, if you want to add more, uh, it's going to become interesting to see like what will happen. The only way is just to add another type of detector in these instances. So that's something I actually uh, I'm interested in to think more about. Results and takeaway. Microservices and serverless components are tools that do work at high scale, but whether to use them over month has to be made on a case-by-case -case basis. I have to agree with that statement 100%. It's all case-by-case -case basis. It all depends on what you're trying to do. Moving our services to a month reduce our infrastructure cost by 90%. Yeah. And that because uh, everything is now simpler. Now there is no more these uh the, the the s3s was was killing them to be honest right and the bandwidth here and the and the orchestration cost right all of the thing is now a single process or maybe a multiple processes right depends on what whatever that is so it also increased our scaling capabilities today we're able to handle thousands of streams and we still we we still have capacity to scale the service even further moving the solution to e amazon ec2 allows us to use the compute saving plans that will help reduce costs down even further some decisions we've uh, we've taken are not obvious but they resulted in significant improvements for example we've replicated a computationally expensive media conversion process and placed it closer to the detectors Whereas running media conversion once and caching it outcome uh, caching its outcome might be considered to be a cheaper option, we found that this is not cost effective because that, that's what I just said, right? It's very interesting because 
they they rather recompute the because they were thinking about like let's let's make a media conversion and let's cash it but apparently that didn't work for them it's just interesting to, it's an interesting use case indeed in the changes we've made allow prime to monitor all streams viewed by our customers not just the ones with the highest number of viewers this approach results in even higher quality okay so that's interesting right so that this actually proves that they're actually monitoring the streams viewed by our customers just that again that statement is still i'm not clear about right are we monitoring the raw stream that is that is being produced or are we monitoring how the stream is being consumed by the by the customer that that's that's a step that i'm not clear about yet all right guys uh, that's it for me today hope you enjoyed this video and what do you think about this uh, let me know in the comment section below see you in the next one goodbye